Okay, we thank the Lord for this day. This is the Lord. <laughs> Let me start over. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are grateful. Pardon that little snafu there. I was trying to get my little um, self together here, my timer, um, so that I would keep track of how long my recording uh, will be. My name is Minister Ronaldo Watkiss. Thank God for this day. <clears throat> in the midst of everybody shut down and locked in, <laughs> I tell you, this is certainly, uh, is, has been or continues to be an experience for a lot of us, um, what it feels like. Can you imagine being sent to prison, um, which is another concern of many of us for those who are locked up? I've never been, but I feel for the brothers and sisters who are locked up behind bars. Uh, we're talking about six feet distance. I don't think they have that luxury. We're talking about masks. Uh, I don't think uh, many of them have that luxury. Uh, so a lot of things that have been imposed upon us to secure us, uh, those who are behind bars don't have it so. Um, they are also contracting this disease. Uh, the disease is also uh, infiltrated their bodies and touched their nasal passage and uh, traveled down to their lungs. Um, I would dare say that some of them have have died, um, locked up. Uh, provisions have not been made to assist, uh, provide some kind of relief. Um, not on a on a large scale. Uh, we were told, I guess, some weeks ago that. Uh, those who had the least offense, a portion of them were let go from jail. But still the reality continues that men and women, uh, who by the way are still creations of the Most High, <laughs> you know, not because they have done uh, wrong, that they don't need mercy. Because the truth of the matter is that everybody, you and I, are guilty. One way or the other, we have messed up before the Lord. That's another sermon, that's another topic, but we certainly want to keep them, those brothers and sisters, in our prayers. We want to remember them as we're still going through this, uh, this time of, of, uh, of lockdown and uh, who knows what else. You know, we've been seeing, seeing a lot of stuff come through. Um, uh, folks been sending stuff through, I guess, through the media, through uh, social media, through WhatsApp, uh, through um, Instagram, you know, you have a whole lot of um, folks that are, some of these things are labeled conspiracy theories. Um, some of them makes you want to wonder, uh, because I'm of the mindset that we are not, let me repeat, we are not being told everything. Um, we have someone who is in the highest uh, office uh, when he breathes, and I'm going to save that for another podcast. But when he breathes, uh, lies spews out of his mouth. Uh, There's a Bible verse. I can't quote it right off the top of my head verbatim. But when Jesus speaks of Satan, uh, and he says that every word that proceeds out of his mouth is a lie. Um, so I wonder uh, who this person's father is. Okay, I'm going to save that for another message. Amen. I'm going to save that for another message. We thank the Lord for this day. This is the day that God has made, and 
uh, even though all of these restrictions are upon us, we still give we still give God the glory. We still say, God, thank you. As we have gotten up this morning, we still bless God's name because he has kept us, still provided for our needs. Still, even though we are locked in, we still have freedom of movement. Uh, many of us have uh, televisions. We have refrigerators with food in it. Uh, we have uh, um, some portion of, of funds in our uh, banking uh, accounts and checking accounts. Uh, so we thank God. We thank God. And even for those who need money, for those who um, may not have it as others do, one of the things um, that I am personally admonished to do, uh, I'm told in all things, in all things, give thanks. In all things. Uh, it doesn't say in all things that are good or that works in my favor. But it says in all things to give thanks. So when we can develop that type of mindset that I'm going to give God the glory. I'm going to give God his due. And his due is in all things that transpires in our lives. We give God the glory and the honor. Um, the, the, the byproduct, if I can put it this way, of doing that. Uh, you know, we like, to, we like to speak of one side, but I'm going to give you the flip side of this coin. When anybody, uh, you know, you oftentimes you hear church folks talk about blessings, blessings, and blessings, and bless. Sometimes I get sick of hearing that word, and, and I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, but sometimes I get sick of hearing it. And I get sick of hearing it because I think, you know, we used it as, as some kind of, of, of uh, um, way of, of, of numbing people. You know, the, the blessing, you know, we're after the blessing of God, the blessing. Well, uh, we say these things, but, you know, we need to, to encourage people, you know, how to give God his glory and, and God, give God his due. Amen. We need to encourage folks how to thank God in all things, you know, whether I'm having a good day or, or not so good day in all things, whether the sun is out or it's storming in my life in all things. You know, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That uh, is, I think, how we ought to position ourselves. Now, for um, for this um, rendition, or for this uh, for this podcast today, uh, this is part of the "Come and Let Us Reason Together." I've started uh, with that slogan. I've put some small um, video clips on on YouTube, um, also on Facebook. Um, come and let us reason together. For this segment, um, I would like to use, as a Christian, what ruffles your feathers? As a Christian, what ruffles your feathers? That is going to be my topic uh, for today, okay? As a Christian, what ruffles your feathers? Now, I want to use um, for a scripture. Uh, it's found in Matthew, the fifth chapter, and the sixth verse, okay? This is part of what um, was, is known as the Beatitudes, this is what's known as uh, the Beatitudes, okay? Uh, Jesus now goes uh, on a mountain and starts to speak 
uh, to the masses. And part of what um, part of what he uh, says, he's go, he goes through this whole thing, blessed are the this and blessed are the next thing. Amen. The one that we want to take a focus, take a look at, is the sixth verse, which reads, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Again, blessed are, blessed are those, blessed are they, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, now, I have my little pad here, because within this pad, um, it gives me, allows me to see various um, translation. Um, and I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for the one, and I should have highlighted that thing. Um, okay, it's the Easy English Version. Uh, you have several translations of the scripture. This one is the Easy English, and it reads, Some people want to obey God more than they want to do anything else. God will give to them all that they need. Okay, let me read that again. Some people want to obey God more than they want to do anything else. God will give to them all that they need. Within the King James and other translation uh, that I have on my little iPad, uh, basically they're all saying um, the same thing. Um, as we look at this sixth verse, uh, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We're in a day and time um, that many of us are going through. Okay, many of us are going through. As I've prefaced my statement on the onset of this podcast, that uh, many of us find ourselves locked up and locked in, and and I've gone some, I've gone through some of that. The other side of that, however. What I would like to lift up uh, as a born again, uh, fire baptized, Holy Ghost filled. These are all of the churchy terms that we use. <laughs> uh, as a person that has a personal relationship, I'm not talking about waiting for Easter or Father's Day or, or New Year's to put on a new suit and tie, or if I was a female to, to don a new dress, you know, new stockings, new hat, you know. As a person that has a personal relationship with Christ as my Lord and Savior, this verse that I've just read, um, as I share with folks, to read that verse, personally for me, it leaves me at a point of tension. Okay, it leads me at a point of tension. The way the King James spells it out. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Let me stop right there. The first thing is, um, Jesus is speaking here, and he uses the term, the first word is blessed. We need to examine what that means. Okay, what does it mean when he said blessed? Okay, what exactly, would, what, what, what does that mean? Okay. Um, I would say that um, to first establish a relationship with God, you're blessed. 
to have that 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 joining with him that he doesn't call you merely a disciple he doesn't call you merely a student but he calls you a friend you're blessed okay uh, the, I think the word goes even a little perhaps further than that because it it centers now on what is your pursuit in life at some point Jesus Turn and he said to those around him, all that I do, guess what, pleases the Father. <laughs> all that I do, God is pleased with. Do we have that relationship? Are we pursuing those things which pleases God? Jesus says here within the Beatitude, blessed are those who hunger. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Let me stop right there. To me, it would seem to hunger again and to thirst after righteousness. Looking at what we are going through in our society society today, you have some folks, I sometimes say, and I've used the word churchy already, you have, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, many within Christendom, we have blindfolds on. When it comes to um, activities of the world, we can we can say, well, uh, this is what's supposed to happen, and we can't change things, and you know this is what was prophesied, and whatever. Okay, the problem that I had have with that, if that is your reasoning, then I would bounce back with a statement, and that statement would be, well, all that Jesus did then was wrong. <laughs> If your position is this is prophesied and this is supposed to happen and this, that, and whatever, then all that the Christ of God did, he did for nothing. I'm sure you would not agree with that. I certainly would not. Okay. I certainly would not. I believe that when the Son of God came to the planet, he came as part of his ministry was to be a revolutionary. <laughs> These are terms that, you know, within Christendom, you don't, you don't hear too many people speaking about he was a revolutionary person his ministry was revolutionary okay and I'll get to a few of these verses in a minute he had a revolutionary approach to ministry amen that dealt not only with the celestial but also the terrestrial okay not only with the heavenly dynamics and realities but also what was happening here on earth, okay? He dealt with not only the, the governance within heaven and how God has everything orchestrated there. Part of what we call the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer, you know that prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, you know that one, right? Okay, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? <laughs> Lord, okay, how do you interpret that? You know, when you get to that part, what does that part mean? All right, let's get back to Matthew. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Okay, so as I've said, for anyone to hunger and thirst after righteousness to this minister, it leaves you at a point of tension. Why? Because when you come against unrighteousness, what does that do to your Holy Ghost? Hello. What do you, what 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 does it what does it do to all of the saved stuff that we talk we talk about? What does it do to our spiritual state? Are we at ease with it? 
Are we are we just gonna gonna um, go someplace and say, okay, uh, we just need to pray about it again? Looking at Jesus and his ministry, I don't think Jesus just prayed about it, but he took action. He took action. We're in a day and time where this coronavirus uh, that's going around, as I said, you know, I don't think we, we, we know everything because the powers that be or the scientists or the president, whoever it is, they're just simply not telling or disclosing the full truth. We're, we're being simply told to, to dress up and to six feet apart and to stay in. And, you know, that's all we hear. And, and just about every other commercial every other news every other type of program everybody's is 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 uh, uh skyping and and zooming all over the place some people as i've said today are zoomed out or skyped out had enough amen but everywhere you turn you hear something about corona or c19 as one of our ministers have dubbed it but we're not being told the full truth that is my opinion and uh it's, it's i think i have some 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 uh, some historical truth behind that. We just are not told the full truth about anything. But in addition to that, you have folks who are supposed to be in the seat of governance. Be be they be them be they uh, uh, senators, male and female. You have folks who are mayors. You have folks who are governors. You have folks who are in, 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 in the legislative seats. You have folks who sit in the seat of the Senate. You have folks uh, that are in these political positions that have the ability to assist, that have the ability by their vote, by their voice, by their action, by their penmanship, have the ability, have the wherewithal to help bring about and alleviate some of the suffering of the people. But instead, many of them, and this is, here we go, this is where the disclaimer comes in, I guess. Many of them are cowards. Many of them, male and female, cowards. They have these, these pins, these idiotic pins on the lapel. They have taken these idiotic oaths, and I say idiotic because of the fact that if you really lived up to this oath, you would do your job. If you really lived up to this oath of putting your hand on some Bible, amen, and saying that you swear and swear and swear, you would live up to your oath as a congressman or as a congresswoman, amen, as a senator, be you male or female, you would live up to your oath. But because you, you are a coward, Sometimes I say with some of these people, they have empty sacks between their legs. They are cowards. And because they are cowards, people are suffering. People are suffering. We have what's called the frontliners. I just retired not too long ago. And I tell you, um, just this morning, I saw uh, some of my coworkers and some of the acts that they were doing. Uh, you know, we stay in contact with one another. I just recently saw uh, uh, something where all of them was um, was dressed down with with uh, with masks and what they call PPEs and uh, gloves and whatnot. Um, I just saw you know saw them doing their job, and I've been getting report after report of not only the patients 
uh, there at Kohler Memorial dying, but also um, co-workers. Heard of one nurse, a man, her husband is dead, COVID. I've heard of somebody that works in, in, in one of the shops, uh, his wife died, COVID. I'm hearing that more and more, more and more and more and more often. Amen. <sighs> Blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Okay, I had mentioned several scriptures. I put something out on Facebook, uh, and I'm still, I think one person <laughs> responded. I don't know where her head was at, but she responded. Um but then I responded back and I, I didn't want it to be a back and forth because this person, you know, love her and know her. Uh, she came under my Bible study. She accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. I was just uh, terribly disappointed at um, her, 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 I guess her rebuke, <laughs> if I can call it that, uh, of me um, by what I was what I was simply stating, which I'm going to state here. You'll hear me state it. I'm going to raise up these these uh, these verses. Um, I, I put it in written form, but now I'm going to speak on it. We read from um, Matthew, uh, the fifth chapter, the sixth verse, part of the Beatitude. Blessed are those that uh, they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Okay, so we've gone through. Uh, part of that verse. I didn't get to the part where it says, for they shall be filled. Um, here's another verse. I'll get, I'll get back to that in, in a minute. Within Luke, the 13th chapter, the 32nd verse. Luke 13 and 32 have Jesus um, saying something to the effect of, go tell that fox. If I can just briefly rehearse that verse, somebody came to Jesus and 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 try to forewarn him. Well, listen, Jesus, you better you better split, you better cut out because uh, Herod, somebody, one of these officials is after you. Uh, somebody in 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 governmental um, uh, structure, you know, they don't like what you're doing. You're causing too much problem. You're you're turning the world upside down. You're 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 convincing folks to go another way. You know people are are not uh, are, are not fearing uh, the political leaders no more. So they're coming after you. You know what Jesus says? Go tell that fox. Here's a question: How do you, as a Christian, interpret that? And then there was silence. In Matthew twenty-one and thirteen. You remember that story where um, Jesus came into the temple, okay? He came into the temple, um, and the temple is now supposed to be a place where people resort to, uh, whether it's a mosque, whether it's a synagogue, whether it's a church. Here we have now the temple. Uh, they would come into the temple uh, to find solace, to find peace, to meditate, you know, to, to, to offer to God uh, of their lives, to seek direction, to seek uh, some, some, some elevation from the burdens that they were, they were under or carrying. People went into the temple for those reasons. But yet, Matthew 21 and 13 uh, paints a different story. Well, when Jesus went into the temple, he looked and he became very irate, irate, very angry. Okay, 
Now the question is, what's what set him off? I mean, why was he all ticked off? What what made him what made him lose the peace of God? You know, what what made him um, lose it? Jesus went into the temple. And rather than the temple being the place where people come to find and to hear from the Lord, Jesus found folks in the temple um, buying and selling. But it was not simply just buying and selling because within many churches, we have chicken dinners, we have fish, fish dinners. That is part of our history uh, as a black church that, that, that helped to sustain us. Um, from the revenues that we receive, it helped to pay the janitor and clean the church and whatnot. That was not the issue, okay? What was happening in the temple of God is you had uh, these people who were engaged in what I guess the new term is called extortion, meaning that if I came from Botswana, if I came from China, if I came from Mozambique, if I came from Ghana, if I came from Russia, if I came from Canada, if I came from some part into that temple, I would have to transfer my, my currency or my money into temple currency. If I was to give an offering, amen, that would be acceptable because it would be the offering used within the temple, right? So here it is now, folks come to exchange. And so let's say if we use our current uh, money figures. I gave somebody ten dollars. Um, I could see now getting back nine dollars, perhaps, and fifty cents back, maybe for you know for 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 the for the taxes of the temple, or maybe for um, shipping and handling <laughs> or whatever, right? But instead, I give somebody um, ten dollars, and I and I get seven dollars and twenty five cents back, which means that somebody was was cutting a deal. Right, somebody was was extorting. One of the disciples that Jesus had uh, had with him, his name was Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. Now, just like the IRS today, ninety nine point nine 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 nine. We can continue that. Listen, let's let's just make it a hundred. How many how many people love the IRS? Let me see the hands. Those listening, how many of you love, you love to pay taxes? Okay, let me see your hands. <laughs> Lord, how many of you love to say, yes, I'm, I, I, want to, I want to pay, I love paying my taxes. Here's my hand. Matthew was a tax collector, hated. Because not only did they collect taxes, but they also siphoned off a little peace for themselves. Jesus went into the temple and found folks, amen, siphoning off. You know, people came there to seek God and they had to go through this whole process of changing or exchanging currency. And yet, instead of getting something or a return that was fair, they got even less than that. So this sent him into a rage, okay? And by him getting upset, amen, by him getting irate, what did he do? He started kicking tables over. He started just whipping folks. Amen. Probably Mary's mother taught him how to braid and how to braid right. Probably just got some leather and, and looked at these people and just started to just bind this leather up and started to just whip and kick folks stuff over. As a Christian, how do you interpret that? Matthew 16 and 13. Jesus um, called his disciples together 
and I'm just rehashing uh, from the top of my head this story, Jesus asks of his disciples, whom do men say that I am? Remember that story? In other words, to simplify the language, what are folks calling me? What, what are they saying about me? What, what's the word out on the street? Okay, what are they saying about me? Now, their response is very interesting. Some say you are um, Elijah. Some say you are, I think the next one was Isaiah. You know, or some say that you are, 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 are John the Baptist uh, incarnated or come back. Uh, or some say that you are one of the prophets. What makes this verse interesting is that their response speaks of those people who had prophetic ministries. Prophetic. I'm not talking about some, some, some character coming on, on Facebook that has some kind of scarf around his neck and some hat on his head talking about he's some prophet, whatever, whatever. We ain't talking about you know, these, these Negroes that come up and say that there's some prophet or, or, or whatever. The response of Jesus' disciples, they mentioned prophets. Here's the question, why? Why prophets? Why did they mention these prophets? John the Baptist, uh, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, or the prophets. Why? I would dare say that the reason that they mention the prophets is because Jesus had a prophetic ministry. What do I mean by that? He had a ministry that also engaged in challenging the powers that be. Okay, the powers that be of his time. What they were doing that he saw that was wrong, he challenged them to do right. Within the Old Testament, thus say the Lord. You remember that? Thus say the Lord. Some of the prophets, thus say the Lord. And they stood by their grounds. No wavering, no, no shaking, no negotiating, no backdoor deals, no coming and, and, and circling the desk of some president and, and, and while he eliminate programs, no Negro saying that, you know, this, this president is the best president we've ever had. None of that foolishness. Jesus challenged the powers that be. Okay. So their response was, that's what people are saying. They recognize him as a genuine prophet sent from God. And finally, as Jesus says, okay, well, that's what the people say. What about you? What, what, what do you say? What is God? What is the Christ to you? As he asked them, as I ask you now, what is the Christ to you, Christian? Born again, fire baptized, speaking in tongue, Holy Ghost filled. <laughs> what is the Christ to, to us? Is the Christ one, amen, that we can embrace also his ministry to stand up and to speak truth to power? Is, is, is the Christ one that we can lift up and say, thus say the Lord? Is the Christ the type of person that we are following that we can stand up and say what the Congress, the Senate, the president, the mayor, the, the, the vice president, all these people, what they're doing is wrong. Those who are doing it is, is, is that, is that, is that what we're saying or can say? Lastly, Luke four and 18, they gave Jesus on the very onset uh, of his ministry, he went into the temple, he took the scroll um, from the rabbi and started to read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let me see if I can find that uh, real quick. 
Amen. The Spirit of the Lord uh, is upon me. As I grab here my, uh, that was um, Luke. All right, here we go. This is, no, that's, that's Luke. We want Luke um, 4 and 18. Here we go. All right. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Mm. I just flipped down to the easy English. Let me see what that what that says. The Spirit from the Lord God is upon me. He has chosen me to tell good news to poor people. Uh oh, here we go. Read that again. He has chosen me to tell good news to poor people. He has sent me to tell people who are in prison. Uh oh, I'm getting too deep now. He has sent me to tell people who are in prison, you can go free. Mm. I must say to people that cannot see, see again. I must I, I, I must cause people that are like slaves to be free. Lord, I, Lord, let me put this down here. I'm getting too excited. That's from the easy English. So you see where I'm going with this, brothers and sisters. That and the last verse that I've uh, uh, read out of Matthew, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. We just got finished reading Luke 4 and 18. 4 and 18. He grabbed the scroll, he read this, this verse, okay, from the Old Testament, rolled it back up and gave it back to the teacher. The Bible says the eyes of everybody was fastened on him. Some was probably saying, who is this Negro? <laughs> have such nerve. I mean, he could have, he could have read one of the Psalms, you know, something to kind of mellow us out. He could have read something else, but why did he choose that verse? And in addition to that, if I'm not mistaken, Jesus says, what I've read is now come to fruition in your ears. And I'm just paraphrasing here. He gave the scroll back to the teacher, had a seat, and everybody stared at him like, who do you think you are? But within the content of what he read, amen, we hear the sound of a ministry that is getting geared up to be revolutionary. We hear within the content of what he read, a ministry that's about to embark to challenge the powers that be, to challenge religious leaders, to challenge the Pharisees, to challenge the Sanhedrin, to challenge, to challenge the Sadducees, to challenge the scribes, to challenge everybody who are not doing the Lord's will, who are not doing the right thing, who are putting into place things that are causing hardship to the masses. He read the scripture, rolled the scroll back up, and gave it back to the teacher. That's what we've read. As a Christian, what ruffles your feathers? <coughs> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. The last part of the verse says, for they shall be filled. Amen. God is going to give them the satisfaction of engaging in ministry. Amen. 
knowing that they are also partnering, partnering with the same type of ministry that Christ went through. God is going to give them the satisfaction knowing that they're also heirs and joint heirs together with Christ. God is going to give them the satisfaction knowing that being called or even not called to ministry, but having an established relationship with Christ, they're doing God's will. They're standing up for the weak. They're speaking against injustice. They're speaking for what is right. God is going to give them the satisfaction knowing they're lifting up godly standards. Amen. They're, they're, they're being Christians. Amen. In the truest of sense. They're standing as brothers sisters in Christ and speaking out against those things which are which are binding people binding husbands binding wives binding families causing hardship amen causing hardship they're standing up for what is right as a christian so my brothers and sisters as a christian what ruffles your feathers?